Today, as we gather, of course, we celebrate the dedication of St. John Lateran. It's the uh, Cathedral of Rome. It's the Pope's Cathedral. Sometimes we think it's the uh, uh, the Pope's Cathedral is, is St. Peter's. That's not. It's St. Peter's, as important as it is, is secondary to, uh, liturgically speaking anyway, to St. John Lateran. Uh, and there were a couple councils held at, at the Lateran and, and various other, but but uh, now we, we focus more on the other church. But uh, all the same, whether it's St. John Lateran or, or St. Peter's, we might ask ourselves, why are we uh, thousands of miles away celebrating the dedication of a church that some of us have never had the privilege of being in or may not ever have the privilege of going into? And it is uh, simply, well, not only because it's the Pope's church, the Pope's cathedral, but uh, in particular, it reminds us of our own churches, our own cathedrals, our own, our cathedral's dedication happens to be July 26th, Feast of St. Anna Joachim, so uh, that's how I remember that, but uh, many of us don't have an opportunity to go and celebrate, but the church gives us these opportunities to remind us that the church is not just a building, and I don't want to overstep my bounds or, or whatever, but uh, I think I may have shared last week or whatever, I little, had a little boy the week before that just went... It just, it's, it's, not a, it's, it's not God's house, it's a church, a church. And he just didn't understand how is God's house, but we use all these terms for, for what, what we do, and so many of them just refer to the building. The walls, the floor, the altar, these are all important things. If we didn't have floor, of course, we would just fall to the, to the center of the earth. Our uh, ceilings are pretty important, especially in Minnesota. In, in about a month and a half, they're going to be very important. Walls are important because they help keep the heat out or the, uh, the, the cold out or the, the insects out or, or swallows or whatever it is. Of course, it doesn't always work that way. But the church is much more than the building, the structure. And we've, we hear it time and again, and especially in today's second reading, you are, the, the, you are God's building. We are the living stones he has chosen to build up that church. And the church is the people where God dwells. And we, we perhaps know this, that temples were places of encounter. Temples and churches uh, continue to be places of encounter. But when we uh, use, the church, uh, use the term church, we should remember it's really the gathering the gathering of the people and the priests and, and all of that, that when we come together, and it's not us who come together alone on our own will, but rather God who calls us together. So that famous Greek word, ekklesia, to be called forth, to be called out of, to be called from. We're called from the world, called forth into, into eternity. And so with that in mind, uh, of course, I have it. It's all a jumble because I listened to a podcast on Blessed Carlos this morning, and it was a priest who just wrote a book that I probably have to purchase just because it sounds like it's a really good book for how he is a model for for youth of our time. And but one of the things that really struck me is Blessed Carlos had a profound understanding that if the Eucharist is really Jesus Christ, which it is, then we become tabernacles. We become and not just churches uh, in, in the, the uh, uh, collective sense, but we become tabernacles, each one of us, and we're taking Jesus then to the world. And that idea is one that, that of course, is present 
throughout how the Blessed Mother became the first tabernacle. Of course, she was uh, traveling tabernacle, went everywhere uh, with, uh, after the Annunciation, went everywhere with Jesus, literally in her womb. And how Elizabeth recognized, how even St. John in the womb recognized Jesus. And she becomes that first living stone. And uh, again, that, that stone that's built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, and we hear that too. You know, I think uh, I've been in enough churches and whatever, and I know what happens when the foundation starts to, uh, starts to rot away. It was in one church where the basement wall was actually bowing in, and luckily I was moved before I had to deal with it. Uh, <laughs> because I didn't, I, my idea was, well, we just backfill the, the whole kitchen in and just abandon it because it was bad. Uh, and it was in process. We noticed it was starting to, it was about three inches. That was, uh, it was just, a foundation is necessary, of course, for, for a building. And we're built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, who then permeates each and every stone that's built into that building. He permeates us, and that we become tabernacles. We become the living body of Christ together collectively, but individually. As important as this is, we, we remember that we are called then to be temples, how Christ himself becomes the, the eternal temple. We just heard that on, in Sunday's readings, and I chose not to address it because it was a whole different topic and took us there. But how Christ himself as a high priest enters not a copy, but the real, the eternal temple of God that he enters and, and all temples are, as a result, just copies. And even the church building, the structure is. But not us. Because we, by our lives, because we're living, because of the permanence of Christ, because of his permeating our being, we already have perhaps a foot in both this world, but more importantly, especially as we remember this month, eternity, that we're already being built into that eternal dwelling of God in heaven.